That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi there, I'm Lauren McGoodwin with teammate Aaliyah Kamalova. Welcome to The Females, a podcast from Career Contessa that delivers helpful, actionable career tips and advice for women so you can be more fulfilled, healthy, and successful at work. On today's episode, we're discussing how to attach to a purpose, not a job title. And to help us, we're joined by Belma McCaffrey, CEO and founder of Work Bigger. Plus, stick around for Dear Career Contessa, our listener advice segment where we answer your career questions starting with How would you go about applying to jobs out of state? We also share some helpful resources you won't want to miss. And now this is the females. Attaching to a job doesn't provide the security we're looking for. A job can be so fleeting and dependent on external circumstances. I think that currently many of us have started to make some kind of career pivot, which is scary and hard to plan for, especially when you weren't necessarily preparing for it. Right. All the unexpected changes may have you looking for that deeper purpose so that your next career move is the right one. Plus, many are struggling to figure out their purpose and identify what their quote-unquote dream job might be. But there is an actionable way to do this, which we will get to later on in the episode. Yeah, and I think that one of the things I've been at least pretty vocal about is that dream jobs don't exist, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't stop a lot of us from attaching to the idea and that it does. And I think part of that is it feels very safe and sane to feel like there's that perfect job out there. But what I've found is that humans have this want to or need to identify with something. And it seems that there's a very unhealthy (laughs) relationship Mm -hmm. between that identity being tied up to your job title, right? Yeah, I think also when people talk about like, I don't know, finding your purpose or even like attaching to a purpose, it seems actually limiting. Like it seems like, oh, if I box myself into like, this is my purpose or like that I kind of arbitrarily (laughs) decided that I can only do like X, Y, Z in order to fulfill that. But I think what we'll learn later on is that it's also evolving and is really up to you. And in that way, it's like, it's more fulfilling and more open-ended than I think it seems to be from the get-go of just like, this is just me, like, this is just my values and that's it. I think it's like a space to grow and will make your like career more fulfilling. Yeah. Well, I'm not shocked that this is a topic that people are really interested in because when we did that episode with Tess Viglin, she talked about, you know, how to quit your job without a plan B. We talked a lot about identities tied up in our careers. And she said one of the reasons why this happens is because 
especially in America, we start a lot of the conversations with what do you do? Mm -hmm. Right. And so we rarely ever ask people in a conversation or, you know, day-to-day speaking, what's your purpose? So that's why on today's episode, we are discussing one, how to find your purpose that will change your career trajectory. And number two, a three-step framework to finding your purpose. So let's get into it. Hi, Belma. Welcome to the females. Hi, ladies. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So let's start by discussing how finding your purpose will change your career trajectory. The idea of finding your purpose, I know even to me, sometimes always sounds a little woo-woo, but that kind of self-reflection and self-exploration can really be a guiding force in your career. So Belma, how do you attach yourself to a purpose versus a job? And why is that your focus? Yeah, so I started focusing on this, I would say uh, maybe five, six years ago at this point. And it's because I, you know, I spent the bulk, it's all of my 20s probably, trying to find a job instead of my purpose, right? Instead of that, that deeper thing, that deeper meaning. And I spent years just basically stuck in this cycle. I started my career in media and I was super ambitious, really driven, really excited to get my career going right after college. And a few months in, I started feeling really disconnected. I, I didn't know what it was, but something wasn't clicking for me. And I was working really hard, you know, like come from the media world. I worked at a media agency and I, you know, would work really late hours. It was really intense work. 
And that this connection just started to get to me. And I thought, you know what? I think it's the job. I think it's the job. So I'm going to go and find another job. And I did. And a few months in, the same thing happened. And I saw that, you know, I was basically like going from one job to the next and I was experiencing the same thing, right? I was trying to find the impact that I wanted to make and I was looking for more meaning and I just, I wasn't finding it. And when I saw that I was like stuck in a cycle, I was like, this isn't working. I have to try something different. And trying something different really meant digging deeper and really understanding what it was that I was looking for, what it was that I wanted. And now that I've been doing this work for several years and I'm trained as a coach, I've learned that purpose is actually a core human need. And we don't talk about it that way. We have four core human needs, physical wellness, emotional well-being, mental health, and uh, spiritual wellness. And purpose falls under that. And honestly, I wish I'd known that in my 20s (laughs) because it would have made everything so much easier and I would have felt less, for lack of a better word crazy. I was like, I'm the only one who's like really struggling for these answers. So yeah, that's why I focus on purpose. It's really from a personal pain point. I just spent so many years looking for a job and trying to attach myself to that job and, and it didn't work. So I really identify with your story also, but I think also when you were saying like, you know, I wish I had known this in the, my twenties, I feel like in your twenties, thirties, it just any time in your career, the idea of being able to go out and find a new job to fix a problem or like there's something actionable and tangible. And I find that the stuff that like makes the biggest difference is not always something super tangible. And that's why it's like really important, but also really hard. So it's interesting because I feel like I felt the same way, but also I sometimes do believe like you don't know what you don't know. And so in your twenties, like you don't know that that job title um, and the vision of what you're going to get in that workplace isn't going to be, you know, the thing that fulfills you. So I, I, t- I just totally relate to that for sure. Yeah. I think also everyone kind of relates to that feeling of like trying to find purpose, but it's really difficult and you actually have to be like pretty actionable with actually examining how to find that purpose. Cause I think that a lot of people meditate, especially if you're like a recent graduate, for example, where it's, it's almost like exciting to just meditate on that topic of like your purpose. But there are a lot of like actionable steps, which we'll get to later on that you can do to, you know, figure that out. A hundred percent. And that's what I've spent years doing and like Mm -hmm. breaking it out. I'm like, there's a process to this. We can figure this Mm -hmm. out. We can make this more digestible. One thing I want to add too, if I can, is just that, that idea of attaching ourselves to a job or really looking for that job in our twenties and getting stuck in that cycle. I also saw that I was asking the wrong question. I was asking, I was doing this by the way, since I was a little kid, I was asking like, what is my passion? Right. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if you ladies resonate with that or if you asked yourself, I hate that question. I, I, I I asked it to myself too, but I also hate that question because I'm sure what you're about to say. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, that question is so stressful because for the whole, for so many years, I was like, I need to find this one passion right? And this passion, once I find it, that's going to be the job. And I, and I see this when we talk about the framework and these steps to help you, you know, understand your purpose. I, I have members and clients ask me that all the time. Like, well, how do I translate 
my passion into a job. And I'm like, that's actually such, it's so misleading. And it just sets you on this path of feeling defeated. And it's, it's, it's not helpful. So I, I wanted to add that because I know like so many of us do that. Mm-hmm. And what are the benefits of someone attaching themselves to a purpose? Yeah. You know, once you get clear on your purpose, your mission, whatever you want to call it, you basically have an anchor, right? You have this thing that helps you make decisions and it's coming from a deeper place versus external resources or external validation or other people's opinions and advice, which, you know, is based on their own experiences and is based on their own struggles and learnings. When when you have clarity on what your purpose is, you have your own values and your your own like guideposts essentially you know and I think with that comes less stress higher performance because you're making decisions a lot faster and you're making decisions from a more grounded place you also have more conviction in your path and in your work one thing that I see with job seekers and I'm sure you guys do too is like a lot of people's minds are always racing. Like, is this the right decision? Right. Is this the right path? Am I making the right choice? Well, there's none of that because you have these like check marks. You're like, no, this, this aligns with my bigger mission and what I want to accomplish. So it just becomes so much easier to navigate the job search. And I'll tell you too, the conversations you have with employers, when you're speaking from that, you know, purpose driven place, is very different. You're not talking about tasks. You're talking about the impact that you want to make and you're painting a picture for them on, on how you're going to make a difference in their company. I 110% agree on the employer side, but also you said you basically are anchoring yourself. And I think that that sounds pretty good to me because I do, we do definitely have a lot of people who you can tell they're, they're really challenged by this like analysis paralysis. They don't know how to move forward or they're afraid of making the wrong move. So having an anchor and kind of a North star sounds pretty good. So up next, Belma will share her three-step framework for finding your purpose. Since I know everybody's probably now very anxious because they're like, okay, okay, I want it. I want it. Where, where can I get it? How do I do it? So Velma's going to share her three-step framework next.
So now that we know the benefits of finding your purpose, how does someone actually do that? How does one attach themselves to a purpose? What should they do and where should they start? Perfect question. So the first step, and I see this from our members and our clients, the first thing you should do is really just get clear on like, what's got you stuck? What's got you really stuck right now? Are you are you ready to find your purpose? Is it your mindset? Is it a strategy piece, right? So I put together a workbook for everyone just to work through that. I recommend downloading that and then you can take action from a place of clarity, right? And you can start working on that purpose. Yeah, just feeling a little bit more grounded. So once you do that, like just get clarity on where you're stuck. The, the next place to start is to get clear on in your interests. Right. So that means get really clear on what you care about. That's where your passion comes in. So passion is could be a part of your mission, but it's not your mission. Right. What I want people to do with their interests is really ask themselves, what are the themes that I see here? Because again, oftentimes what I see happening is how do I parlay my interests into a career? And I don't want you to ask that. For now, I just want you to make a list right? Write all of your interests down and then ask yourself, what do I get from these interests? Mm -hmm. What are you giving me? I know someone's going to ask this. So when you think about interest, what are some examples of how to identify that? Like, what if you are listening to that and you're like, I don't even know what my interests are. What are questions you can ask to figure those out? Yeah. So what do you find yourself gravitating to in terms of content? Like what kind of books are you reading? What kind of podcasts are you listening to? What kind of uh, movies or TV shows are you watching? What do you find yourself doing during your free time? Things like that, right? Things that you naturally gravitate to and that you're excited about. I actually, I was looking at some old articles that I've written about finding your purpose and, and mission. And a lot of my interests fell in the career space, social impact area. And yeah, just start there. I just, I found myself always wanting to read, say about gender inequality. And that's because something that I experienced myself, right? So just start with what are those things that you're thinking about that mm -hmm. are really occupying your brain space? And if it's, it's okay, like you don't have to get super narrow to start, just do a brain dump. Like these are all the things that come to mind. I always say too, like done it is better than perfect. So just write down whatever's present for you and start with that. Yeah. Would you advise people if they need to do this over like a week, a month, like, you know, because sometimes I feel like sitting down and thinking of your interests might be more challenging than like, I don't know, taking notice and then writing them down. <sighs> How much time? Um, <laughs> like, that's a tricky one. We have like a full training and work bigger where, you know, finding your mission can take as little as four to six weeks for some people, for others. And, you know, we can talk a little bit about some of the challenges that come up because I think those are really important to address. For others, it may take longer because of those challenges. In terms of doing this exercise, honestly, just block out 30 minutes to start. Like, don't worry about, you know, dedicating two months right now. Just get started, right? And just put 30 minutes on your calendar, sit and do a brain dump of your interests and that's, that will hopefully lead you to continue taking steps towards it. Does that? Yeah, no, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I like to ask these questions because 
I know that I'm very type A with this. And so someone else listening is probably like, okay, I'm going to put that into my calendar, but how, how should I put it in my calendar? So yes, <laughs> that helps a lot. And also everybody will make sure to link to Belma's workbook where she mentioned how you can figure out what kind of stuck you are. We'll link to that in the show notes as well. Yeah. And I was going to ask about the, what's got you stuck. Is that, do you have examples of that in your workbook or like, is it really open-ended? Yeah. So there's three areas that I see people experiencing when they're stuck. One, there's Mm -hmm. a mindset roadblock. So oftentimes we have some clarity around our purpose. Like I'm working with a client right now who's absolutely incredible and we just finalized her mission. And what she said to me was, you know, before we started working together, I'd have this like voice that would come and go. And it was like, a whisper in the back of my mind. And I just didn't really give it the space that it needed for it to come forward. And a lot of that was because of mindset roadblocks, right? There's, it just requires one, you have to give yourself some space to do that processing and self-reflection. Two, you may not be ready to to really face what your purpose is because it's going to mean that you have to change direction. And that can be kind of scary. So there could be a mindset issue in terms of what's got you stuck. The other thing that that I see people struggling with is I'm just so ready. I just don't know what, what that thing is. So again, it's about carving out the space to do some thinking around it. And then the other thing I see is sometimes people actually do have, like they have full clarity on their mission and they're stuck on something else, which is like bringing it to life, right? And, And how do I bring that forward? So that's why I think these self-reflection exercises are really important because like one thing that's happened with COVID is that some people now have made more space for things like self-reflection. And before we're always like, go, 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 go. Let me stay in action. And that makes it a lot, a lot harder to have these insights. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So, and then your second tip is to identify your values. So can you elaborate on that? Because I think values are obviously different than interests, but I feel like a lot of these words like interest, passions, purpose can get mixed in together. So how do you identify your values and even maybe like define like what is a value? So your value is what you stand for. And in terms of the job search, The way we use them at Work Bigger is to really, to help you identify the type of company that you want to work for. Because when I see that people are disconnected from their job or, you know, their company, there's a values misalignment, right? So you might be really passionate about making a difference and you're working on products that it doesn't do that, right? Or that is just focused on something else is maybe just super profit driven. And that's not something that that aligns with you, right? They, they don't have that like impact focus that you're looking for. So that's, does that make sense in terms of like what a value is? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. The way to identify them, what I have people do and work bigger is to really look at their past experiences. Our values shift as we get older, because we have different experiences that shape us, right? And that change our thinking. So what I think is really helpful is to look at past experiences and pain points. And this is the kind of stuff that we don't want to do. We don't want to look at the past or anything that's kind of triggering or difficult because it doesn't always feel good, right? It doesn't feel good 
for me, let's say for me as a woman, I mentioned one of my interests is gender inequality, right? Or just like the gender gap. And I have a lot of values around equity and feminism and all of that. Well, that comes from personal experiences and personal pain points that I've had throughout my life. So I think when it comes to identifying your values, it's really important to look at that stuff. And Michelle, I just watched Becoming. I don't know if you guys, did you guys watch the Becoming documentary on Netflix? Not yet, but it's on my list for sure. Yeah, it's so good. And Michelle Obama talks about how important it is to bring your past experiences forward because that's what shapes you, right? And that's ultimately what shapes who you are and that's what your values are about. To me, I think they're so critical in finding that connection that so many of so many people are looking for when it comes to the job search. And yeah, you, you kind of, you have to go a little deeper. You have to be willing to look back at, at your history a little bit. Mm-hmm. Candice Morgan and I talked about this on the podcast. She is the director, I think, no, maybe she was the VP of inclusion and diversity at Pinterest at the time. And she talked about how Pinterest hires for value fit, not culture fit. So I'll link to that in the show notes as well. Cause I thought she did like also a really good job at explaining the difference between culture fit and value fit, which I feel like partly it's hard to identify these things if you don't have a really clear understanding of the differences. And and I think you did a really nice job at explaining that as well. But a lot of times these are probably just questions people don't pause to think about. Do you, do you find that in your work too? A hundred percent. And I'll admit when I was younger, I talked a lot about values and like, these are my values growing up because there are certain things that my parents instilled in me, but I didn't fully understand the role that they were playing in my life and in my career until I was older. And I started to see, oh, okay. I was like, this is why I feel disconnected from this place. Or this is why something's not fitting here. I think like for me, the older I've gotten, the more and more they they play a role in my life. That makes sense. Yeah. And I think once you have a strong idea of your personal values, it's a lot easier to like approach a company and see if their values align versus like reading some like company's mission statement and their values and being like, is this what I agree with? But if you come into it knowing like, here's what I believe in, I feel like it's a lot easier to find the alignment there or disalignment. Exactly. Yeah. Because then you're, you're also like narrowing your options from the get go. Mm-hmm. Right. I, it's so overwhelming when you're navigating for a job and you're starting really broad like there's so many places you can apply to, but starting with your values, you can, you know, remove essentially so many organizations because they're not a values fit. You know what to say no to from the get-go. Right. Okay. So your third step is to identify your strengths. Yeah. So this, so first getting clear on your purpose and your why, like it really lives in, you know, again, understanding your pain points, your interests, your values, all of that. I would say understanding your strengths plays more of a role into like how you bring your mission to life, but it's also, it's really important in helping you see how you're going to add value in your own unique way, right? Through your work. So we make it part of like the find your mission, find your purpose framework. And there's, for us, like what we do at Work Bigger is we have people take an assessment. We use the Strengths Finder, which I love so much because it's helped me personally a lot too. And then I see how it helps our members. 
but there's also different ways that you can go about identifying your strengths, whether it's, you know, gathering feedback from colleagues and friends and family that you trust, which requires, you know, a level of vulnerability. And then also doing a self-assessment and asking yourself, like, what am I good at? Like, what are those moments when I feel really confident? I think it's a lot harder to do that, right? Because we're like so critical of ourselves. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important to not just rely on the external validation. Is there a way for people to, like when they're interviewing for a job or even trying to search for a new job to recognize a job or a company that's going to align with their purpose? Or I guess, you know, obviously the the title of this is to not attach yourself to a job title, but to a purpose. But I guess my question is, once you are able to identify these things, is there a way to find a job or a company or, or am I now missing the point? Cause I'm taking it back to that. <laughs> no, you're I, that, you know, that's part of the point. So I don't want to, we don't want to detract from that. Right. It's the purpose is like the foundation that you need to help you find that, that job that's more fulfilling. Right. And even when you lose a job, you know, you still have your, you're still anchoring yourself in that purpose. You know, that you'll be okay. Right. right? Because the job, um, it's going to come and go regardless, even if there's no coronavirus, right? We're, you're never going to work at a job for forever. Like there's no such thing. You're going to want to grow and, and evolve and, you know, move on to the next thing. Yes. So your mission is the found, your purpose is the foundation. And then for people who are trying to figure out the what, right? Like, okay, like, what do I do now? What is that job role? We approach it from basically like just, I use design thinking. Are you ladies familiar with design thinking Yeah, at all? Yeah. So that's, we use the design thinking methodology, which is all about gathering the stuff that you're interested in, right? You have an idea of what you could possibly do, which you'll come up with as you're creating your mission because you're doing so much exploring and research as it is. You start from there and you go out and you get feedback essentially, which is building your network and having conversations and really finding out what opportunities are out there. So we take, like, like I don't often recommend like applying to jobs online. I much prefer the, the court, like the direction of let me go and um, build con- connections and learn from different people and see what opportunities there are out there that align with this mission of mine or this purpose that, that, that I have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it sounds like in order to not attach yourself to a job title, you have to do this work first so that you can actually find the job that naturally aligns with this. So uh, mm-hmm. it's like you cannot put the cart before the horse otherwise. And I, and I do think a lot of people are quick to um, identify themselves as their job title versus their purpose. Because again, kind of, I sound like a broken record now, but uh, because they, they don't do this work or maybe they've done this work once or twice, but it's probably an ongoing tool, right? People like need to be thinking about identifying these three things on an ongoing basis. Yeah. I was going to ask like, how often do you think someone should run these sort of self-assessments on themselves? Because obviously, you know, passions change and values change too, I think. So do you think there's like maybe like once a quarter or something or like the top of the year or do you have like a best tip on that? I would say like when does it feel that you need to revisit what you're doing? Mm -hmm. 
right? So when are right. you like getting that itch to try something else? When are you starting to feel dissatisfied with where you're at? That's when I would revisit it because it's different for everyone. Right. And I also want to add, so we've done trainings with organizations where we go in and we teach people who are in existing roles already, right? And we teach them how to find their mission and their purpose. And their goal is not to change jobs. And I, I want to stress that this work is important no matter where you are in your career journey, because having that anchor is so important, again, in the decisions that you make for yourself, whether I, those decisions are, these are the companies that I want to work for, or this is how I'm going to show up for my team. It's foundational no matter where you are. And, and I want to stress that because I've seen that this is helpful even in leadership development, right? And I think one of the reasons, like not to divert, but one of the reasons I see that workplace toxicity is such an issue is because we don't have leaders who have this anchor. So they're making decisions from that like stressed out place, like they're not grounded. Mm -hmm. So you know I think no matter where you are, you can you can benefit from this. But yeah, I would say like, when are you feeling that, that itch to try something different? That's a perfect time right. to, to read the, this work. Awesome. Well, all right, let's recap Belma's tips for finding your purpose with the, her framework. Number one is know what's really got you stuck right now. Don't forget, we will link to her workbook to help you with that in the show notes. Number two is identify your values. And number three is identify your strengths. I'll also link to, we have this amazing webinar on how to identify your strengths. So we'll just put some additional resources that we have from Career Contessa as well to help you guys with, because I know these are three big questions. And next up, we hear from you and solve your problems. Welcome to Dear Career Contessa, the part of the show where we answer your questions. Remember, if you have a career question, you can submit it to us via DM on at Career Contessa on Instagram, email us info at careercontessa.com or leave a voicemail at 844-FEMALES. All of that information is also included in the show notes. Today's question came to us via DM on Instagram, and it says, Dear Career Contessa, how would you go about applying to jobs out of state? I'm based in Richmond, Virginia, but plan to move to New York to pursue a career in the entertainment field in October. The end goal for me would be to be a producer. What advice would you give me to stand out with jobs out of state when it says on my resume that I don't live there? If you could give any sort of tips, that would be great. I really appreciate it. So I think my first tip is that since you know that you're moving to New York in October and you live in Virginia, I would start networking. So, mm -hmm. you know, I know this is kind of maybe the advice you guys hear me give a lot, but it's like, I would start by identifying some companies that are in the entertainment field. Of course, in New York, there's so many to pick from, but I can probably narrow it down by the type of entertainment and also the roles they have there. So try to narrow it down to, you know, maybe 10 or 15 companies that you're really interested in and see if you can start setting up informational interviews with people right now because you haven't moved to New York yet, but you know you're going to. And I think networking is going to be like a very, very, very key part of your job search strategy. Yeah. I think also there's obviously a lot you can't control in like the job search process sometimes. And it can seem really intimidating when you're coming from out of state. But I think if you also focus some time on like what you can control in terms of like skill building and like just kind of examine what common producer roles entail and just try to build up those skills as much as you can, just so that like you're ready to talk 
about your experiences yeah. as a producer or doing producer things, <laughs> like I'm sure like project management and stuff like that, there's different ways you can learn those skills that will be beneficial when you're applying within entertainment. Yeah. And I also think that when you're having those informational interviews with people who are, you know, producers mm -hmm. at companies that you're interested in potentially pursuing for work when you do get to New York, I think you can ask them too, mm -hmm. like, hey, what skills are really required? You know, and you can spend the time between now and October filling those skills gaps and really polishing your resume and your cover letter and your LinkedIn. I also think if you want to be a producer, having a portfolio is probably, you know, some yeah. sort of online portfolio and online brand is going to be really important. So those are all the things you can control and you can start doing now. I know that when I was looking to move from Portland to LA, another thing that I did is I made a couple trips to LA before I actually moved here. And I mostly did it to kind of like look around at areas for apartments. But if you can, you know, maybe spend a long weekend, a Friday and a Monday, can you not only like explore that city, but could you, and I know nobody's doing stuff in person right now, but like, you know, October, maybe in like September, that might be different. Could you go there and meet some of those people that you're having informational interviews with in person? Mm -hmm. We might not be there yet in the world, which means you can continue with your virtual networking. But that's what I think it was really valuable for me as I was able to like go to the city and put a face to the name of some of the virtual networking I had done. It didn't end up leading to a job right away. But when you are trying to job search across country or even for you from Virginia to New York, which is not nearly as far, that networking piece is important because as you said, it's not on your resume yet. The other thing you could do and I've seen this and I don't mind it either is like on your resume, if you're applying for jobs, you can say like, relocating to New York, October, 2020. I think right now the best thing though, because of the state of the world and whatnot, and unless those companies are actively hiring, the best thing for you to do is, is to really build up as much networking as many skills and be ready to, you know, hit the ground running when you do get to New York or build it into your budget that it might take you mm -hmm. a couple months to actually get a job. Yeah. So anyway, it's hard to give this advice exactly because a lot could change yeah. between now and October. But I but like also that like in terms of um, she's asking like what would help me stand out. I think honestly, if you have a really like, just an impeccable resume that looks clean and professional and yeah. is easy to follow, like <laughs> oftentimes that stands out alone. Like um, as you know, people who have reviewed a lot of resumes, I feel like. Sometimes that is what catches your eye. It's like, oh, I understand this person experiences because a very basic tip, but start yeah. out with that too. No, it's it's sometimes the most basic tips mm -hmm. are the ones that people don't do too. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely having a really visually appealing resume that's easy to read, that's absolutely going to be important. So, um, but good luck. We also have an article on Career Contessa about long distance job search. So if you type in long distance job search, Career Contessa into Google, you'll probably find the exact mm -hmm. article. But and and that's someone's story of how she moved cross country to get a tech job in San Francisco, San Francisco, New York, LA. These are all very competitive job markets. So I I would encourage you to to check that out as well. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of The Females. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review. You guys know we love, 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 love hearing from you all and reading those reviews. And just as a reminder, my book, Power Moves, How Women Can Pivot, Reboot, and Build a Career of Purpose, it's on sale now. And actually, a lot of the themes that we talked about with Belma today, obviously, <laughs> part of the tagline is how to build a career of purpose. So I talk a lot about that as well. And there's worksheets and very tangible takeaways. So I would definitely encourage anybody who's really 
really focused on this work of how to attach your identity more to what is your purpose and being able to answer that, to also take a look at power moves as kind of a a career handbook to go along with the work Belma shared today too. And if you need some help setting your career vision, you can download our free career vision worksheet that will help you define what you want, what matters to you, and hopefully find a lot of career clarity. We'll link to that worksheet in the show notes. And a big thank you to Belma McCaffrey for sharing her time and wisdom around finding your purpose. You can learn more about Belma in the show notes as well. And if you are listening to this episode on June 9th, I'll link to it as well in the show notes. Belma is also going to be teaching this as a webinar on careercontessa.com on June 10th. That's the live webinar, but you guys know right now, all of our webinar replays are free. So again, show notes is basically always like a mini full resource guide, but check that out as well. 